It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. It is a Thursday. I do hope you're faring well. Might be running where you are. Might be sunny where you are. We just don't know because we can't see your lives. Um, and we are recording it a couple of days early. Uh, but I do hope you have a good week. Uh, Luke, are you having a good week? Yeah, kind of. But do you ever get that thing on your little toe? So the toenail on your little toe, where the right. the very outside slice of your toenail kind of breaks off and it sticks. Yeah, it sort of shears off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. happening to me an awful lot recently to the point where I'm wondering if I'm getting enough of a certain vitamin, but I don't know what vitamin it is. <laughs> right, okay, so it kind of takes... Possibly calcium. Yeah, it, it, yeah I, I see what you mean. It's... it's a... It's like a slice of um, it's a slice of actual nail, isn't it? That kind of, kind yeah, of peels 100%. off, isn't it? Yeah. It gets caught on yeah. stuff. Has that never happened to you before? This no, it is does. A recent it, sort well, of thing. Right. Listen, look, let's get into it. Let's roll our sleeves up and get into it. Right. I, I think it's probably generally happened to me once every six months. The frequency is, in, is as, as increased. That's what I'm saying. It's probably gone to yeah. maybe once every couple of months now. I, I think it might be because I'm Running. maybe spending too much time indoors. What do you think about that? Uh, maybe, or it just could be just you, you're just running too much. Like, you do do a lot of running. i tell you that, it's not true. Way more than me. Way more than me. Yeah, but I've not run, I've not run, I mean, I do run a bit, but I don't, I, I, there has definitely been periods in my life where I've run a lot more than I'm running at the moment. Hmm. But I'm also I don't older, know, man. Now, I just, just look after yourself, yeah. Just look is my body falling yeah. apart? Hello at lukeandpeacher.com. <laughs> Let us know. Did you see, uh, did you see um, Prince Charles's hands? Yeah, um, I don't like it. I don't I found like it difficult it. to look at. Yeah, it looks um, looks a bit livery, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks a bit like uh, yeah, the hands of a a gin abuser. The amateur doctors on um, on um, the WhatsApp group that we share, Pete. There was talk mm. of um, arthritis, talk of mm. gout. I mean, what's your what's your take? Mm. Uh, some people said there's arthritis. My dad, because there's also a picture um, where the prince had to take his shoes off because he was, I think, in a mosque or something. He was somewhere. Uh, and he was picked with his feet off and his uh, with his shoes off, and his feet are bulbous. Um, yeah. And my dad's got arthritis in everything he's got. Right. Name a joint, he's got it. Um, right. And and it, there's no there's not a lot of swelling, um, and certainly the swelling is only on on on, on the joint areas anyway. Um, but his his toes just go in weird directions. Like his his, his um on the, the 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 toe on his left foot just starts has started to I think try and find another foot to be on because it's just sort of going to the completely huh. to the left. It's like at a complete right angle. It's fascinating, really. Um, and he's got you know bunions and all that nonsense. But there's no, it's not like a, the whole foot is swelling. It looks like he's been dredged out of a bloody lake. Horrible. 
So, yeah, Prince Charles, the official line has been in the past on Prince Charles's uh, fingers that he suffers from swollen joints and stuff and fingers when he travels long haul. But I don't know if oh, that right, explains. Yeah. But I don't know if that was. I don't, well, obviously, I don't know when that photo that surfaced over the last weekend was where when it was taken. So it's difficult to say. But I mean, should we be worried about the heir to the throne, Peter? At this point, <laughs> I think we should be worried about the heir to his feet. It looks like they haven't seen it for a little while. <laughs> There's some definite. I've not seen his be... feet. I've only seen his hands. Yeah, his feet is his feet are even worse. It's like proper water retention. It's like he's pregnant. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess um, long haul the pressure does do stuff to 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 your, to your body, doesn't it? Because it's like um, obviously you got you get your DVT and stuff. Do you remember when I was on that plane and I um, I squirted a um, squirted a, uh, a, a this is a, a horrible a story. A, it's not a horrible story. I'm just saying like I had a blister that while you poured under a kettle pressure, of water on your fucking own foot. Making a delicious pot noodle day before I went on a holiday, ruined the whole thing. Thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and, it, and it went, and the pressure increased the size of the swelling, and then I burst it over um, a Hasidic Jewish woman's um, uh, foot, which mm. probably, as I said, as I said at the time, a literal hate crime. I should have fifteen days in prison, like that man who weed at the start. Well, I think we can all agree with that. As long as you are got access to recording, <laughs> straight equipment, me, I'm, on, I'm on board with that. Straight me right out, wouldn't it? But, but, <laughs> hey, I was learning how to um, make a kettle. Because uh, obviously ramen is um, is one of like the biggest uh, what do you call it like uh, currencies in prison certainly in American prisons uh, and how to make like a little stinger um, uh, like a little stinger um, uh, something to boil water effectively like a vessel of boil water you just mm. need two metal two pieces of metal two bits of rubber to keep the two pieces of metal separate uh, and literally just a cord that connects to the um, cord that connects to the uh what do you call it um uh, the wall um and uh, yes yeah, so i, I right? say again yeah i mean people people have vessels people have cups you just put it in a cup don't you yeah so yeah fascinating how to make hot water in uh, prison but so, so when you when you do eventually go to prison you'll also have to work out how to make a grilled cheese and a radiator as well <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. that's part of it because you know that like um i'm fascinated by the the things that used to come out back in the day about Oh, if you do this, you can do that, and a lot of it obviously came from prison. And one of the ones is the um, the, the batteries, right? The rechargeable batteries. So where if you you apparently you I don't know if this is true, and you'll be able to tell me. But the, the talk was that if you store your batteries, the, the non non rechargeable batteries, if you store them on the radiator when you're not using them, and you can um, get a lot more life out of them. Oh right, okay. And I think that's I'm fairly certain that's a. Um, that's a kind of prison technique to get long, longer life out your batteries. Another one is that if you don't want someone to find your mobile phone, pop it up your bum. Pop it up your bum, bum. In a condom, yeah. preferably. More hygienic. <laughs> um, More hygienic. Did you yeah. see that? Did you see those, those 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 guys in prison who were streaming on? I want to say um, oh, Periscope. I think they were. I think they were streaming on Periscope or maybe right. TikTok or something. Is that still going. And uh, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, they, they were streaming on Periscope, like uh, uh, showing off, talking about being in prison and stuff. And then the, the official account of the prison that they were in popped up in the comments, going, "Did you really think we weren't going to find this?" Was <laughs> <laughs> that in the UK? <laughs> I was in the US. All right, that's uh, funny. Man. Where literally everyone is in prison <laughs> for money. It's funny because it's true. I'm afraid it's funny. Yeah. Because slavery never went away. What um, I hope you enjoy Pete, your license plates? What are you? Um, what else have you been doing this week? Because I I read a really interesting. I'm going to completely change trains now because some of your mm. um, some of your uh, 
quotes there are problematic. Um, I, I, I'm going to flip to Big Brother. Right, okay. So I read an article earlier this week uh, about Big Brother because I think it might be some kind of anniversary of the first series in the UK. And um, there's interviews of people who've been on it, people who won it and everything. And the reason it came kind of... I thought I'd, I'd talk to you about it is uh, because when Big Brother first happened, it was absolutely gigantic, wasn't it? And I think pl- plenty of our listeners won't be old enough to remember, but I literally remember, I think it was in 2000, the first one. I literally remember my, some of my friends leaving the pub early to go home and watch it, <laughs> Yeah, which is yeah, like yeah, unprecedented yeah. Like at that point, unless it was you know a football game, but obviously that would be on the Very little anyway, appointment but... television these days, isn't there? Especially, time, with, but, I guess but, nowadays. I guess nowadays you you can kind of time shift stuff and record stuff. But. Exactly. But when I first watched it, I remember when it first came out, I was quite fascinated by it. Were you the same? Um, yeah, yeah. It was. It, I, I I wasn't quite into it as much as I was when I. I think it was just before I'd gone to university. I think so. I, I kind of missed the first two seasons, but then I think the I think when I got to university, I got into it a bit more. Um, but the the, the um. But the idea, I mean, the reason that, another reason I want to talk about it is because we're used to what reality TV is now, right? And it's mm. a very, very large Very part scripted. Very yeah, scripted. It's, exactly. It's hugely scripted, hugely telegraphed. It's manipulated. It's edited really weirdly. Um, there's, there's a, it's, it's kind of interesting, just to go off on a slight tangent, there's this reality show called 90 Day Fiance, which Mimi and I watch quite a lot of, right? And it's about these people who want to marry Americans, but they've got 90 days to kind of get them to propose to them. It's kind of the scripted, kind of manufactured nonsense. It's actually quite exploitative mm. as well. So I do have a problem with it in some cases. But they have a spin-off show, right, called 90 Day Fiancé Pillow Talk, where all the couples that have been on the show that are still together watch – it's like a Gogglebox version. So they, they will then watch the new series, right? Are you with me so right. far? But, yeah, the, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but the point is, right, the Pillow Talk episode – all the couples that have been on it before, they all get on really well. Like they're obviously they're having a lovely time. They're still married. They're they're just it's just like a nice couple watching TV together, right? But the obviously the editing in the series that they are actually in makes it out of like oh my god, they hate each other. They're always having massive fights. <laughs> Aren't they going to stay together? And what they've done, which I think is a first in reality TV, is they've created a spin-off which undermines their main show, which I think is, a, is quite a big play, a high risk it's move. Absolutely fine. Well, I'm glad that like they're still together. That, or maybe they've got one eye Some on are. being on this show. And then they stay together long enough to, uh, to, to actually to milk watch it. it. <laughs> to milk it, But, yeah, but exactly. Pete, the point about Big Brother is that before reality TV became this path to fame for its own sake... Now, this stuff didn't exist. If you, if you, and I, what I did is I went back and I watched some highlights of the first season, which is run, won by a guy called Craig, this normal kind of builder guy. He ends up uh, winning, and the reason he went on the show in the first place, it came out afterwards, is because he wanted to raise awareness of one of his family friends, who was this lady who had Down syndrome, who was awaiting an operation, and they needed to raise some money. That's why he went on it. But there was mm. no expectation that he was going to have some kind of um, kind of public career after that, he wanted to go back and be a builder. And if you watch the TV show back from then, I think it, I think it's 2000, it is so slow-paced and it is much more a social experiment. They only have um, those kind of challenges and tasks once a week. I think yeah. by the end of the, the, the run, they're doing them like twice a day. And they're, they're purposely mm. trying to kind of get controversy, but they weren't doing it then. Back then it was a much more kind of social experiment. No, no, it's fascinating. And, uh, you know, I came from Europe and you were just like, oh, this is so 
cool and interesting. Mm. You can watch it 24 7. Did it come from the Netherlands, Pete, originally? I think I believe it did. It was Endemol, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, my ex girlfriend used to uh, work on it. Um, oh she used right! To be in the in the in the camera runs, um, she was a runner. Yeah, so my friend, my friend, it was a cameraman on it as well. But I think they went a, when as the budget started to get slashed. I think they went a lot more kind of autonomous cameras after that. Oh right, like robot robotics, robotics. Yeah. There was like a. Um, the, uh, but if you go back and look up, like we're used to like these really palatial kind of beautiful mansions that they stayed in in the later series and in pretty much every other reality TV show, the house always looks beautiful. The first yeah. Big Brother house looks like a fucking shed. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> but they, they, they started off by wanting to see basically how humans would react in this environment, right? It wasn't about trying to tie in with a newspaper and get the biggest controversies you could because there was a lot of unsavory stuff towards the end of it wasn't there like so there's racism problems mm. there were kind of like issues around like consent as well i think i remember there were all sorts of controversies later on when it became evident that it became a it was becoming a path to fame for its own sake so you were getting certain types of people yeah. applying to be on it which then it became something completely different but i just i really wanted to stress that like back at the start it was it was actually quite a, a completely revolutionised TV, would you say? Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, and also, it, well, I mean, there were, there were shows a little bit like that, but not nothing quite so. Um, what do you call them? Punk rock? Not quite so. Um, like, yeah, it, it, it was a social experiment, and it, and and it lived up to its name. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Peter. Mm. And what and what have you? Um, by the way, the other thing I wanted to ask you was that have you been to a non-essential shop yet? Because now you officially can. Oh yeah, there's like Matt uh, we're talking about They're never going to reopen that. But though so. I think someone's licensed the name, so you can buy stuff online. But I mean, you know, nobody went to Maplands because they wanted it tomorrow. They went to Maplands because they wanted to pay twenty pounds more than they need to, <laughs> and they wanted it the same day, uh, which is not something that Amazon can always do. So <laughs> you've just described the frantic run to a local Maplands ahead, one hour from Curtain at a Ramble live show. Oh, yes, for a uh, DVI to um, HDMI converter. Yeah, talk to me a bit more about helpful. that. Uh, went to PC World in the end, managed to get one. All good. What does it no do? No dramas. Stand down, everyone. And it worked. What does it do? Uh, it converts uh, DVI. Uh, is it really DVI? Or would it be... Um, What's a DVI? A display port. Either way, we need to connect a Mac to an old projector um, that we would not. We, we gave them our runner, we gave them our um, setup, and, rider. and they did not provide the uh, rider. They, 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 they did not. We should have asked for the brown M and M's. We should have asked for the brown M and M's. Yeah, that's the um, that's the kind of that's one of the great um, that's one of the great kind of misnomers about um, misnomers, rock stars, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that. Do you think was, everyone knows you know, that? I, I would say it's a pretty. It's a pretty popular uh, little, oh, well, actually, kind of story. Well, do you mind me saying it, just to sound clever? Yeah, get, mate, get involved, get involved. Yeah, so when, when rock stars ask for like, ridiculous demands on their rider ahead of a gig or a tour, they're doing it to make sure that the people responsible for reading it and implementing it are paying attention properly. Hence, they'll say stuff like, we must have this brand of bottled water. So when the, when the artist turns up, and the crew and the and the and the and the, the people who are working with the artists turn up and they walk into the dressing room for the first time. If they see the brand of water they asked for, they know that it's being taken care of properly. And brown M and M's are just a kind of part of that. So uh, it's a test, really. But I also like to think that back in the day, the, the rock, rock artists were also insane. So it plays in quite <laughs> nicely to that too. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, and also um, drug drug addiction uh, manifests itself in a lot of different weird ways. <laughs> I'd say. Also, if you're in, if you're on meth, you get very obsessive about things, and that's kind of similar. Yeah. Have you exactly. Pete? Have you heard um, that um, crooked show, Wind of Change, yet? I've still not. I've still not indulged to be honest, because I know I'll just have to devour it in all one in in, in one sitting. Um, I'll get round to it. There's a really brilliant bit where they 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 kind of this um this guy hosts a um a uh, massive concert in Moscow for the, some mm. of the biggest uh, metal artists or rock artists in the US to go over to, to Russia and play to a load of uh, Russian uh, music fans. And it's done under the guise of uh, music. I can't remember the exact name, but something like rock against drugs or something like that. So it's essentially done to promote clean living among young people. So no booze in, no drugs, that kind of stuff. You know, the usual kind of sick of, it's also yeah, called yeah, yeah. kind of, um, I can't think of the word for it, but like the usual kind of um, sanctimonious kind of stuff. But yeah, the brilliant yeah, bit yeah. about the whole whole point of bringing it up is that it's because they get quite a lot of audio from the plane traveling over. Right. They're all pissed. They're all fucking <laughs> hammered. Ozzy Osbourne doesn't know where he is. Ozzy Osbourne's on it. <laughs> Fucked. Completely bollocks. Doesn't know what's going oh, on. Oh, God, yeah. And so, and so it's a brilliant, amazing, it's like an amazing kind of, um, kind of, uh, like, uh, like counter, counterpoint, counterpoint to what they're actually supposed to be there for. It's worth a listen anyway. <laughs> I, was, I, I just always think of rock stars, like they're, they're constantly fucked. Like how do they level out? How do they sort of like, oh, I gotta get on stage and actually do something now? Oh mate, it's, unbe- le- it's unbelievable. I was saying the same thing the other day. Um, Metallica are doing this thing. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they've been doing it under lockdown called Metallica Monday, where they put, um, full footage of one of their shows online on their mm. YouTube channel, right? And, they, and and obviously they've probably got video footage of thousands of their shows. And sometimes it'll be one from last year and it's really beautifully like HD produced and sometimes it's like stuff from back in the day. And there's a legendary gig they did. I think it might be in Seattle around the mid to late 80s. Uh, and um, they're, it's, it's incredible how good they are. Like the pace of their musicianship, how accurate they are, how how good they are at putting on the show and all of them are absolutely fucked. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's, it's incredible how they're able to do it. <laughs> Is it just muscle memory? They just sort of like, it you know, they've they so many times. Do, yeah. The practice mark. Cause they had a nickname Alcoholica, didn't they? For a large part of their, top, yeah. their, their um, career. So it must be a certain amount of, just it must be hardwired. They must have just practiced so often. But the thing is, Pete, it's not as though their songs aren't complicated. They're really complicated. No, exactly. Yeah, no, it's one of those complicated guitars. I mean, I mean, it's not. It's not Oasis. You know, it's not a few bloody. You know, there's, chords, there's some yeah. bar chords involved. Yeah. <laughs> they know their bar bar chords, Luke. There's an amazing. <laughs> there's an amazing. Um, speaking of that similar era, have I told you that story about um, Guns N' Roses live with Axl Rose and Slash, where they're. Um, so when they played live back in the late 80s for Welcome to the Jungle, Axel Rose did this whole build-up where he'd go, you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. Tell that kind of story, mm. right? And the, the whole point is a little mini story finishes with Slash doing the, the signature riff to Welcome to the Jungle, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but there's great, there's some great footage on YouTube of Slash just being too pissed to be able oh, to play it. So it's yes. like the biggest anti-climax you ever heard. It's really <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's funny, man. <laughs> It's funny. Anyway. Fantastic. Let's uh, take a short advertorial break. If indeed there are any adverts, there might not be. You may well be hearing our voices in the next 30 seconds. You just don't know. Um, we'll be back in a second with more Link and Pete Show. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back with more Loco Pedro. <laughs> How are you doing? You all right? What's going on? Uh, we'll kick off with an email from um, Jasper. Yo, Jasper Patterson. Um, hi, guys. I found it pretty funny. Ha ha. Uh, hearing Pete referring to Steve Kerr as the little guy on the team. I actually made the same mistake in thinking he was a shorter guy. Whilst he is shorter comparatively to the other team members, he's still pretty tall in normal standards. He's six foot three. <laughs> I was like, bloody hell. Yeah. That's a Luke Moore. Someone else pointed that out to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just goes to show how insanely tall the rest of the team were. Like, but just, Michael yeah, Jordan, I think, only six shot. six or six seven or something. Yeah, only it's mad, don't it? It's mad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, my, as, you, as I, you rightly pointed out in that documentary series about the Bulls, it like when you see anyone from the backroom staff just talking to them in the locker room, it looks ridiculous. Oh, it just—it looks like um, like the bigger boys, like some little kids are hanging out with the bigger boys. It's ridiculous. yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Jordan was always like taking the piss out of that guy as well, wasn't he, for being short. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, I, I mean, it's a, it's, it, it's, it's low hanging fruit. If you're six six, and you're laughing at someone for being short, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of gags in there from from John, uh, from uh, from John, um, calling someone short. It's like, mate, you're a basketball player. You're you're the freak. You're massive. <laughs> Is that what you say to him? I'd spark him right out, and he wouldn't be able to chase me. I'd hit him, and then I'd run away because he wouldn't be able to chase me because he smoked too many cigars. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Uh, listen, this might be controversial. I don't think you could outrun a peak Michael <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> no, not a peak Michael Jordan, but like Michael Jordan now, with his big red eyes. I think smoked, I'm probably still going to bet. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm coming around to the fact that yeah, he could. He would. He would find me within three strides and Reason then throw one, me in stride a stride length. 
Stride lane. <laughs> he picked me up like a basketball and threw me over a, I don't know, a lamppost or something. I think he could catch oh, you with a cigar dear. still in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Easy day's oh, work dear. for Jordan, for MJ. Exactly. Uh, what about later. this email, Pete, from uh, Liam, who says, um, Hello, fellas, I'm writing this email in defence of Mr. Pete Donaldson. After Uh-oh. some digs from Luke last week about his many appearances in so-called indie bars. Um, me and my friend Brandon bumped into Pete in the previously mentioned uh, on last week's show, Club E4 Back or Welsh Bar. I'm happy to Ooh. report Pete was more than welcoming and happy to stop for a quick chat and photo, despite me being extremely inebriated after a full day of drinking watching Crystal Palace play Cardiff City. His story on last week's show seems to check out as he genuinely seemed to be people watching and chilling by the bar as opposed to, to any moshing to rage against the machine. But the only crime he could be considered guilty of is being caught holding a can of Bud Light. Oh. So people are coming to your defence, Pete. You know. <laughs> well, I saw the picture and, uh, I mean, I don't look in the best, in the best uh, state, but uh, uh, I would say that, um, I mean, I think it sounds worse that I'm just stood by the bar. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I can't watch the rage against them. I, I do like people watching, but it, it looks a bit sharky to me. Um, are you I having a nice that, time? Um, that's what I want to know. I'm just having a nice, I'm, I was clearly having a nice time. I'm drinking Bud Light. I mean, that's that's the key to, the, to a great so, time. <laughs> so I, I, I fully respect that our listeners are jumping to your defence. That's that's a second email from one night of saying, no, Pete's a great guy. He's having a good time. Leave him alone. Sounds and like I was I, putting it about, eh? <laughs> yeah, but but I do what I do want to say is, Set up a little it, table. Meet Pete Donaldson. <laughs> is it is it better or Meet worse Virgil. that you're just in a bar, indie bar, on your own with a can of Bud Light? Yeah, but the, I clearly wasn't on my own because clearly I was because I because I was with a, a guy called uh, Matthew who they wouldn't have seen um, because he will have had to have found a seat uh, next to me because he is um, he's got no um, tendons in his knee. He's buggered his knee, so we're all having a little. How did they get all there? A big town. <laughs> I don't know. He was very slow going. I seem to recall. <laughs> anyway, did, yeah. uh, Liam ends the email by saying it is, however, somewhat concerning that Pete's his last appearance at an indie bar was a little over a year ago, and this photo was taken in May 2019. Therefore, I can only apologise if this encounter has scarred you for life. <laughs> I remember those lads; they were absolutely lovely. So I, I would not say that. It's just, it's just harder to find bars that bars that play decent music, or rather, music from um, my um, from the nineties. Uh, it's hard, uh, harder to find. Any alien out farm there? And there could have been. There could, could have been, been a bit of moot. Could have been a bit of smooth criminal. I was like that. Comes. Listen, Pete. I understand that I'm not showing myself up in the best light here because the the images people have got of you are that you're just having a great time, having beers, chatting to people in the bar, and I'm sat mm. in my own garden eating cherries from the tree. I'm, I, I'm not coming across well here. I get that. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of your activities. That's the, all. The, uh, the, the pop bitch male has got a good, uh, like, kind of long thread of uh, Bill Nye's Soho uh, walkabouts. He's, he's very. He's a man who um, walks around Soho expecting to be seen and wanting that, to be yeah. seen. And there's a yeah. There's like a million different little stories where pe- where he's he's been very friendly. Very, but it's a sort of thing that if you're not Bill Nye, you can't really get away with. Because he's just a madman who just gets up in people's <laughs> shit unnecessarily. Like when Bill Murray was doing all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Anybody else does that? You're like, get away from me, freak! Like, but it's yeah. Bill Murray, so you're like, eh, you're one of the most famous people in the world. <laughs> I, wonder what, oh, I, wonder, I wonder if those stories about Bill Murray are actually true. I think they are probably true, but you know, I he from what I've heard from like. Um, like Scarlett Hansen and... Oh, you're not going to uh, Goldblum him, are you? You're not going to accuse him of a Goldblum? I'm not Goldblum him. <laughs> I didn't accuse him of Goldblum. Well, I said that 
if Goldblum was ever found to have done any impropriety at all, um, it's not like we could pretend that he didn't look like that. You know what I mean? Like his <laughs> his 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 acting is loose. It's like a legally prepared statement that. It's louche, it's hypersexual, it's uh, frequently slightly problematic on the screen, um, and you can only draw from what you know. That's all. Crucially, though, he's an actor, isn't he? That's acting. Yeah, crucially. Yeah, yeah. But whenever he's doing anything, present, presenting anything, he's always exactly the same. He's always just trying to sort of put people at, at not people at ease. No one says, "Oh, that movie was great, but the actor played a paedophile. Put him in jail." I don't say that because he's acting. I do, I do, he's playing I do actually say that. So uh, I'm like one of those people who see like a see like a soap star in the in the street and want to um, abuse him. <laughs> I can't believe what he did to Little More. You bastard. Yeah, but Pete, um, I, I once read an article about from I think it was by a director who spent like several hmm. years trying to get Bill Murray to agree to be in one of his movies that he was making. Mm. And um, I think it had been like green lit and it was ready to go, but it didn't have Bill Murray attached to it. And he tried to get him. And the only way he could get him... Shouldn't have been green lit. Should not have been green lit. Yeah. (laughs) Without without the talent involved. But I think the only way they could get hold of him was by leaving an answer phone message on a landline or sending a letter to a PO box. Yeah. Like craft work, isn't it? (laughs) If I did that, it's annoying though, isn't it? Because if I had that, no one would ring. No. Yeah. You just just stop getting any kind of uh, of calls. It's like when I mean, I prefer- um, when when um, Barry from EastEnders, an extra, his agent, they go, oh, go to, go to the ITV and Ross Kemp. And they said, they said to ITV with Ross Kemp, it's a million pounds or nothing. And he got a million pound deal. I took Barry from EastEnders and they went for the nothing option. <laughs> That's what would happen with me. <laughs> um, we got a message from uh, uh, Oliver. Uh, thanks a lot, Oliver. Uh, I'm not saying that to Oliver. That's how he ends the email. Uh, hi, guys. Love the show. Uh, just listened to yesterday's episode. And you were talking about the Jolly Rogers cookbook. Mm. Uh, now, I'm not sure this is the same as the Anarchist's uh, cookbook uh, published in New York in the 70s. I think pretty much it is. Similar, like, yeah. a digital version of it, yeah. Uh, but if not, they're similar enough to be considered the same thing. I think it was Luke that said there ought to be a documentary made about this. There is. It's effing brilliant. It's called The American Anarchist, and you can watch it on Netflix. The story of how the book was compiled is told in an interview with the man who wrote it, who is now in his 60s, I believe, and has moved to some small town in southern France to live a quieter life. Really interesting documentary. Lots of difficult questions are put to him uh, regarding how terrorists and other organizations have been proven to have used the book. Also, you can still purchase the book on Amazon, but uh, <laughs> but be prepared to be yeah, followed around by a black sedan for the rest of your days. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Look, if we've all got a gun, the world is a safer place, right? Oh, am I right? Am I go. right, guys? Guys, am I right? I'm pleased this, you finally look, said that on the record because you've been saying that the, a lot in private. <laughs> the Luke and Pete Show is the only podcast in the world that has an ear rating from the NRA, and we are proud of that. <laughs> we are proud of that. We, uh, we allow bump stocks. We allow AR-15s. We, we love our guns. We love them. We love them. Where's this coming we, we from? Don't. I don't know. I just wanted to finish the show with some kind of uh, 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 troll-like statement so that everyone complains. That's how the world works. That's why we've got um, Good Morning Britain hosts uh, having go at transsexual people and and stuff like that. It's it's, it's just the way it is. We're not going to end on that, though. We're going to end on an email from... Oh, okay, then. Bosley, because it's been on my list. Bosley! And I keep forgetting to get to it, so we've got to end on this. (laughs) And I, I promise you I planned that ahead of time. I hadn't just uh, done that because you were annoying me. Um, <laughs> says, hi, lads. Just thought I'd drop in with a song that's been used inappropriately. Right, okay. Remember that? 
yes, I do. Um, I'm trying to think what the original what, what the original one was though. Ah. Uh. So um, the original one, I think, was turning Japanese, which I got wrong. Apparently, I, apparently it's not about right, masturbation, yeah. but I thought it was. Um, but anyway, Bosley says, uh, this, here's a song that's been used inappropriately do, during the COVID-19 crisis. The song in question is 80s UK number one hit, Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. A fitting mm. title for a lockdown world at the moment. But while the song has seen increased plays over the last few months and has been used a lot in television, at least here in Australia, the actual meaning of the song is a lot more sinister. As per its Wikipedia article, the song deals with the mixed feelings of lust, fear and guilt that a female student has for a school teacher and vice versa, and inappropriateness leading to confrontation, which is unraveled later in the song. Essentially, the song's chorus... fly. Yeah, essentially the song's chorus devolves into the teacher telling the student to not stand so close to me as they cannot control themselves or simply wish to keep their relationship more of a secret in public. Something Sting has admitted publicly is the actual basis for the song. I mean, Bosley hasn't included this in this email, but this becomes even more problematic when you realise that Sting was a teacher before he was a singer. Anyway, (laughs) um, he was a teacher at my my school for a bit, even though he's from your neck of the woods, Pete. Anyway, um, he said it's just interesting that um, a song that's been used to remind the public to social distance is actually just a catchy tune about something a lot more sinister. I would also Ooh. add to that, Pete, um, Every Step You Take by the Police as well is regularly used as a first dance song. In fact, it's one of the most requested first dance songs, but it's actually about a stalker. Oh, okay. So this happens nice. a lot, I think, when it comes to the police. It's got some real darkness, hasn't Ironically, it? Ironically, given their name. <laughs> he should be investigated. Oh, well, yeah. that, that is interesting, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I must say, you know, I, I worked for Absolute Radio for nine years. I, I, I did know that story, but uh, it's um, showing yeah, off. Very interesting. Showing off. <laughs> what else are you going to do for four hours? Oh, what's that song about? Oh, nonsense. Good. Cool. Move on. I did, <laughs> I mean, I've, heard, I mean, I've cool. heard. I've heard your show. I didn't. I genuinely didn't realise you were paying attention. Um, <laughs> I certainly wasn't, wasn't, and that's why I'm now no longer on the radio either. Um, right, <laughs> um, shall we wrap this up? All right, then. Let's get uh, out of th- here. Thank you very much for listening to Luke and Peter. That's it for another week. We hope you have a lovely weekend. We hope you have something enjoyable to do. Now the world appears to slowly, tentatively be coming back to normal. Fingers crossed it yeah. stays that way. Um, we'll be back on Monday with more of this, and we'll look forward to that as well. Shout out Katie Baxter again. Shout her out twice in one week for her amazing job on the edit front and the production Can front. Um, keep it Stakhanov keep it K-Bax and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week alright then peace out this was a Stakhanov production